0: The gospel isn't just for when you got saved. We grow by the gospel. We're sanctified by the gospel. We are sustained by the gospel. The gospel is for every single day. To talk truth, I'm a Gregor podcast where we dive into Scripture, gain insight from community, and bl- biblically answer life questions. Talk truth will answer life questions submitted by our listeners every other week. If you have a question for Talk Truth, you can submit your questions on our website. I'm your host, Chloe Weimer. Let's open the Word, gather together, and talk some truth. Joining me today, I have Pastor Howard and Pastor Miller, aka Pastor Russell and Pastor David.
1: If to, you, our, to our adult listening audience. Yes, to
0: our adult listening
1: audience. <laughs> Glad you gave our aliases.
0: I, I mean, the last time I had you on the show, I struggled with calling you. Did, yeah,
1: because you were in. You were in. Well, you graduated in '15, right? Yep. Is that wow? So recently. So why? I struggle? think also
0: though, you have two first names.
1: Yeah, Russell Howard. Howard Russell. All my life, my parents weren't thinking.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. No. I mean, it's kind of, I think maybe that's what also does it too. I was yeah. thinking about that the other day.
1: It could well be. Are, wow. you,
2: are you intimidated by him? Is that, oh,
1: is that, that
0: what? No, you're actually very approachable.
1: Thank you. I, uh, I don't often get credit for that. I strive to be. I think that as you long are. as people don't annoy me, if they're annoying <laughs> me, I want them to leave me alone, in which case I do not wish to be approachable.
0: I mean, but, but you most could, people don't you could rock me. the, the grumpy shirt. Like David has on too. You know, grumpy
1: is an important part of Miller's <laughs> shtick, sh- but I've known him and loved him long enough. I don't buy it anymore.
0: I don't think you guys are actually grumpy. Some days, not all. I mean, we all are. And that's why we need to be sanctified, hey, right? Nicely How
1: done. Do you this up? is professional hosting right here. I well feel done. like. Wow. I'm impressed.
0: So I need you guys to please help me define sanctification.
2: You want a big wordy definition or you want a simple one?
0: Well, refrigerator is a big word, but we all use that. And that's <gasps> true.
2: You had that ready. That's not bad. A simple definition of sanctification is the spiritual growth that we experience um after after God saves us. Yeah. Essentially, it's spiritual growth.
1: Yeah, I was going to say the process of becoming more like Jesus. Yeah. We mean the same thing. Yeah. Uh there are sometimes you, to kind of carve off and set aside a different, less common, sometimes the, the New Testament speaks of sanctification as a finished work, the setting apart of the believer. Yeah. Um, the various verses talk about you have been sanctified, mm-hmm. uh, and they're basically putting it alongside the new birth. So in terms of being set apart as one of God's claimed people for himself, But that's not a process, that's a point, Um, and it's basically equivalent to getting saved.
2: And our own confession of faith here at McGregor, the Baptist Faith and Message 2000, uses that terminology of set apart to define sanctification. I'll read it. Sanctification is the experience beginning in regeneration by which the believer is set apart to God's purposes and is enabled to progress towards moral and spiritual maturity through the presence and power of the Holy Spirit dwelling in him. So... Uh, our our own, you know, statement of faith is affirming exactly what you're saying.
1: Yeah, yeah. First Corinthians uh, six eleven was one example that I found uh, talking about people who who have passed from darkness to light, who are born again. And It says, and such were some of you, and he's listed some 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 really rough rough sin, um, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God as a as a completed act in past time. And I know that's not what we're talking about today, but I don't want to. I don't want to fail to acknowledge that that use of sanctified does exist. Yeah, yeah. it's just not as common. Uh, the more, the more, the thing we more commonly mean when we speak of sanctification is that that process that begins at the new birth with the with the change in, in in nature and desire and heart that happens at the new birth. Yeah, and then works its way out in the power of the Holy Spirit down the rest of the believer's life until they are glorified at the point that they die
0: and when you say new birth you're kind of referring to justification so when we got saved yeah
1: that's right when we got saved
0: okay so um i would also like to add too we can't be just reductionistic about it god uses truth from the bible wise people suffering and and struggles that we go through all to sanctify us i had a professor um once say that we are like a building like we we have the foundation but we're a construction process and Mm
1: -hmm. god is chipping
0: away at things and that's how he uses us to make us more like him that's the whole purpose right
1: Sure. and he has as you just said he's got a ton of tools Mm -hmm. um, to bring to bear to do that
0: yeah
2: we tend to think of sanctification i think in positive terms but i'm glad you you also included suffering and trials because that is one way that is those are also additional ways that the Lord sanctifies us. Oh, yeah. It's not just, you know, getting excited and studying your Bible as a young believer and memorizing scripture and, you know, doing beginning all those disciplines, yeah. that's part of sanctification. But it's also, um, you know, we, we were, we are in the study of the book of John and John chapter five, Jesus compels the disciples to get into the boat and to sail into a storm. Um, and, and, and he does that so that he might rescue them.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. He um,
1: contrived the trial. That's right. For the purpose of, of challenging them. And, yep. and, and yeah.
2: And as a result, their faith was strengthened. Mm-hmm. They grew because of that particular trial, because he put them in a scenario in which they had to, to depend upon him and trust him. Yeah. That's right. So that's all a part of sanctification as well. that's the key
0: well. too. Like we... They remind us that we have to be 100% dependent on God mm-hmm. and have e- we ha- and have hope for eternity because of the gospel. It's like uh, when we had the the talk truth episode about what is the gospel. Um,
2: yeah, with you and Jeff. Yeah, yes. That was yeah. Really good. Yeah, yeah, that was well done.
0: Thank you. The gospel. It's it's titled. If you want to listen to it, the gospel explained. Um, now I'm blanking on it. It's the gospel explained. So if you're listening, you can listen back to it. But those struggles remind us that we need to be dependent on God. And when we, when Jeff and I defined faith, it's not just believing in a God that you don't see, but it's be, it's putting your trust in Jesus that He's going to. Um, that what he said is going to come true or or that it already has happened. Uh, And so that's part of, of sanctification too. Like we go through the process of the gospel. Again, the gospel is for every single day. Now um, that is probably has something to do maybe with why you guys preach the gospel in every single sermon. Why I'm sure you get lots of people come up to you and or maybe you don't get this question, but I, when I was young in my faith, I didn't really understand like why the gospel was preached in every sermon throughout the sermon, more just the end. I was like, well, how do I get better at this or how do I stop sinning in this way? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. we tend to fall back into that works mindset. We
1: do. Um, (laughs) may I run with this one? Oh Yeah. (laughs) There's a there's a paradigm that we, even David and I together in our conversations over the years, have called sort of the do more, try harder preaching, hmm. which is the alternative to um, investing and reinvesting and reinvesting and reinvesting and reiterating and reiterating the gospel. Instead of doing that, let's just do uh, messages that encourage people to do more and try harder. Um, you know, six happy hints for your healthy home or you know, the 10 rules to financial freedom or blah, 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 blah. And, and they're, uh, they get, they, they get credit for being practical. Um, the, the problem is <laughs> nobody's ever lived up to those principles. So that, that that's whatever it is, cause we don't, we don't do law very well, mm-hmm. whether it's God's law or man's law lists of rules, do not evoke positive responses from us. They, they are the catalyst for a sense of failure. You give me the eight, uh, eight ways to be a great husband. And as I sit in that message, I realize I have only ever messed with three of them out of the eight, and I'm not terribly good at those. So I I get defeated and resentful, or I get all jacked up, and I make a real attempt. I'm going to go out there and do this, and it lasts till maybe 10 o'clock Tuesday morning at that. And that that leads me to failure, and that leads me to resentment, Mm -hmm. and that leads me actually further from uh, awareness of the Lord who loves me. It encapsulates me in kind of futility and resentment, whereas if I am reminded again and again and again of the um, grace and love and forgiveness of which I am a recipient,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and I am further pushed into gratitude and further pushed into love that responds to to Jesus, um, I I find myself growing in the manifestation of that grace because of loving him, Hmm. not because of grinding away on somebody's set of principles that they've cooked up on their own somewhere.
0: It's like an overflow of the heart. Yeah,
1: yeah. The transformation comes before, upstream, if you will, of the sanctified behaviors. Uh, It is not a result of doing more. Doing more and trying harder is not the means to sanctification. Right. Right. It yeah. just isn't it's the means to frustration failure and further alienation from Christ.
2: And to your original question the you know why is the gospel in every message well it's because it's all throughout the scripture. Yeah. And yeah. if we preach the scripture we're going to preach the gospel. And seeing the gospel in every passage is really really important. We yeah. talk about that in our prep Solid hermeneutics. Uh, but there there's a you know Hebrews 13 is a great chapter for church members and church leaders, um, because there's this whole. As you work your way through the chapter, it's instructions to the congregation on what to do, and the there's an implication on the leaders of the church at the same time. So it's sort of hitting both audiences in that same chapter. In verse nine, there's a there's a particular statement about uh, to the congregation: "Do not be led away by false teaching." Essentially, is is the verse. Um, but he goes on to say, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace. Hmm. So the implication there for the elders of the church, the pastors of the church, is that we are to be preaching the gospel of grace over and over and over again because that is what the heart needs. Mm-hmm. It's what the human heart needs. And even a regenerate human heart Needs to hear the gospel over and over and over again because we're forgetful creatures. Mm. We forget about God's grace and we default back into works. Um, and and that's why we need those reminders. That, I
1: mean, that's where our that's where our thermostat is stuck. Um, given our descent from Adam, yeah, you know, we're 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 marrow deep in this uh, mentality of a meritorious effort mm-hmm. and. And while that strategically changes as we initially understand the gospel and come to faith in Christ, that 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 effort whereby I earn points that matter mindset, and I don't mean just we talk some other time about the doctrine of rewards, but I can be more right with God if I do all the good boy stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, so that or so I tend to uh into it. I don't really think that, but that's the that's the kind of the wiring, yeah.
0: Um, I don't think a lot of people um, who fall into that mindset necessarily like question their salvation, yeah. but they may think that, like you just said, like God is more proud of them or he's more pleased with them. But we have to remember that the only reason that God is pleased with you is because you are found righteous, not by anything that you've done, yeah. even after your salvation. that's right. And even if, like, let's say, God's quote, will for you was to go into ministry, you know, and like that was what He has called you to do, and you're neglectful of it, or if you are um or if you're ob- obedient to it. like, I mean, if you're neglectful of it and you're actually called to it, God's going to force you into it, honestly sometimes. You may delay it. But like what happens with Jonah, you know, he god God puts you in the situation yeah, yeah we, we are we he are. <laughs> we yeah. are bowling
1: with the bumpers down yeah um and, and it may not always feel that way mm-hmm. but a sovereign god has seen that our lives are going to resonate for his glory and our good yeah now he's got all kinds of creative ways to get there mm-hmm. and and that creativity can include okay well we're just going to take you on to heaven because it's just not working out on earth mm-hmm. and I, you know remember all the way back to acts we talked about it in anias and Sapphira. i believe they were saved I just believe they were resolute in their uselessness, mm-hmm. and so they got taken out before they could do much damage. Do much yeah. damage, you know. Yeah.
0: But the means, either way, like on your best day and on your worst day, you have nothing. On your best day, you have nothing to be like proud of, right? And on your worst, you have you can't be like too hard on yourself because you didn't. It's not like God can't; He can't change, so His love for you isn't going. To change, or
2: and you just described the tension of sanctification because there there is a tension between those two things. You Mm -hmm. are you are growing in your faith. Your your desires are changing as you grow as a Christian. You love God's word more, but at the same time, Chloe, you're also. Realizing over time just how more wretched of a sinner you actually are mm-hmm. versus when God first saved you. Oh, yeah. It's growing in our understanding of our own depravity that is also a part of sanctification. We become more self aware as we grow in Christ.
0: Yeah.
1: The brighter the light, the more visible the dirt. And, you know, I've used the illustration of a guy who changes the oil in his car on the driveway at dusk he's up under his car and he's taking the filter loose and he's drained out all the oil and all that sort of stuff. And he goes around the corner of his house in the, you know, 815 dusk and and washes his hands on the outdoor faucet, you know, that's around the corner and, and thinks, well, I did a pretty good job. And then he gets in the garage and the lights are on and he goes, I thought I was pretty cleaned up. And and so he goes over and he gets some uh, gojo or something and he does another layer of it. He goes, okay, I'm pretty good now. And then he goes in the house and his wife says, what are you doing? You're filthy. And he looks down and he's... Fingernails are black and his cuticles are black and all that sort of stuff. as he moves from from areas of of comparative duskiness into areas of brighter light, yeah, he 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 sees that what he would have thought was pretty cleaned up is in fact, still got a very long way to go. Yeah. And I think I think that's that experience <clears throat> that you're describing, yeah. David, that as as we go through the the years and the processes of knowing God and walking with God and learning his word and learning to attend to his spirit, whoa, do we have a long way to go.
0: I love that illustration. And
2: without that recognition, that that own self-realization, you grow into a Pharisee is what you grow into. Um, And so the tension in sanctification is a good thing. That's even scarier. Yep. (laughs) Yep.
0: I bet you guys have a lot of professing Christians ask you why they still struggle with their sins. Um, Why do you guys think that a lot of – why do you think all people, all Christians struggle with their sins, and why do we continue sinning?
1: You want to take the first side of this one?
0: Sure. Um, it is
2: a reminder of the reality that we still need a Savior. Um, we, we don't just need a Savior at the moment of salvation. We need a Savior every single moment of the day of our walk with Him. Um, it, there's, there, it's, it's kind of funny. And, and the reason that we need Jesus is because our enemies are formidable you know the the world, the flesh, and the devil uh, are formidable, not unconquerable enemies, because Christ has conquered them. But they are uh, persistent yeah. in coming after us as believers. So, um, so there's a there's a tendency for us to feel better about ourselves and look how well I'm doing in my walk with Jesus. I and and we begin to slip in our own thinking about no 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 no. I I need to trust Him as much today as I ever have.
1: And I love the way you worded your question. Um, it's good news yeah. when they're willing, when anyone is willing to admit I'm still struggling with this. The the horrible bad news is I've given up. I'm not struggling anymore. I I love to speak to believers about their ongoing struggles because those struggles are are life signs. And uh, an yeah. unbeliever wouldn't be struggling, you know. And the the enemy won't stand down. Um, Satan never gave up anyone or anything without a fight mm-hmm. and the uh, the the battlefronts change and shift over time but the the struggle you know uh, I think the apostle paul uh the the last chunk of Romans seven is probably the most vividly colorful passage in scripture that describes that that very struggle that paul says and I'm paraphrasing radically paul says i I know the good stuff I'm supposed to be doing, and I keep seeing myself not do it. And I know the rotten stuff I'm supposed to have not, I'm not supposed to be doing this anymore, and there I go again. And he concludes that by saying, "You know, oh, wretched man that I am, he's so frustrated. Who will deliver me? And then he clears his throat and goes right into chapter eight, there is now therefore no condemnation. And that gospel truth that condemnation has been taken off the table is is the the means to that love and appreciation for the Savior that drives sanctification? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah one one of the things that's been helpful for me over the years is uh, early on I, I picked up on Jerry Bridges' three P's of how he describes salvation. You know that at the moment when God saves us, we are immediately delivered yeah, or yeah, we immediately yeah. freed from the penalty of penalty. sin. Uh, That's the first P. And then over the course of our Christian walk, as we grow in Christ, we're progressively delivered from the power of sin. That's the second P. And then ultimately... So so that's salvation, that or that's justification, that's uh sanctification, and now the last P is glorification. We're delivered from the presence of sin. Yep. So even understanding how God works in salvation, that middle section there where God is freeing us from the power of sin is the walk of sanctification for for the believers. So that's just been a, always been a helpful thing for me to when I think about the whole picture of salvation in total. Mm-hmm.
0: This is good <laughs> <laughs> um, i I know that a lot of people still they're probably still like wondering like how do I apply the gospel to my daily life? I have this struggle okay I know that like i'm I'm going to have this struggle here on earth, but how do I see real change with it like how do I literally take the gospel and apply it to see this sinful behavior or this bad fruit that I'm that's I'm harvesting in my life t- turn into good fruit. How do we see the change?
1: Um, every now and then, no, I mean, no verse in God's word is supposed to stand out as like, oh, 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 there's the verse, there's the verse, as though there's a canon within the canon. I would push back against that generally. On the other hand, there are certain verses that have that have served me well as sort of. Wow, when I read that verse, the lights came on, and I understood something. And for me, Galatians 5.16 is maybe a skeleton key verse, You know, one of those, it opens a lot of logs. Um, because it's, not, it's, the, it, it's easy to, to read it as though it's two commands. He says, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. But, and, and, and again, on a quick read, you can mistake that for two commands. Walk by the Spirit and don't gratify the demands of the flesh. But if you slow down and actually read it, it's not two commands. It's a command and a guarantee uh, that if you walk by the Spirit, you will not fulfill. Not you shall not, but you will. will you not. won't. You won't. Walking in the Spirit is the is the the um, the means whereby you shove out the the tendencies of of the flesh, and it, and it's not doing more and trying harder. Mm-hmm. Um, years ago, um, in the mid mid nineties, I was serving in a church in Ocala, and and uh, my estimate of the man's age who came to me with this issue um, is such that he's he's he almost certainly if he's not dead and gone he's 130 years old you know so he's 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 not around. Uh, a man came to me and he had a deep deep full grown man in fact older man had a deep pornography hook. He had a really serious problem, and he was transparent with me, and he said, I am struggling with, with my problem. Um, what can I do? And I said, well, I want you to come back and see me tomorrow at exactly this time. It was, I don't know, 1.30 in the afternoon or something. Come back and see me tomorrow at 1.30 and have Romans 8 memorized in its entirety. If you can't memorize Romans 8 in the next 24 hours, don't bother coming back. But come back tomorrow if you're prepared to recite Romans 8. Now open my Bible, and I'll check you. And he said, what are, you, what are you doing? What are you recommending? And I said, I'm gifting you 24 porn-free hours because there is no way you're going to be able to indulge yourself in pornography and, Roman, and memorize Romans 8 at the same time. They won't live together in your brain. Now, you get to decide when you get home whether you take on that challenge and do a deep dive into Romans 8 or whether you just dismiss that challenge and go on with the hook. Um, that's kind of rote and kind of brute force, uh, and in, 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 elegant, not terribly pastoral. Um, but, the, but the principle that I was working from is Galatians five sixteen. you know, don't go home and concentrate for 24 hours that I'm not going to mess with porn. I'm not going to mess with porn. I'm not going to mess with porn. I'm not going to mess with, Cause that won't work. Yeah. Um, but walking in the spirit, doing that, doing that, focused, concentrated, practicing in the presence of Christ, and attendance to the Word of God is a classic component of that. Will drive other junk out of you. It just will.
0: Yeah, and we're all motivated by what we love. Even God is motivated by. Oh, that's nice himself said. too. Yeah, and so if you're loving whatever, even that you're sinfully desiring. Or even lusting after than just redirecting your focus in um, your heart's focus, and it's not it's not a workspace based mindset to read and memorize scripture. That's just redirecting the attention of your heart onto what the word is promising
1: <laughs> yeah uh, i I have a a long tradition of making uh, high school students memorize scripture for for my for my Bible class. And I, for 15, 16 years, I've been teaching that class. I make them memorize it perfectly or it's all wrong. If I give you, if I sign a verse, there is no, oh, you only missed one word, so it's two points off. No, <laughs> know, it's I'm either.
0: nice with that. <laughs> it's either right
1: or it's wrong. Um, and inevitably I'll have, I'll have some handful of students in the class who have some issue with learning and I'm not making light of that, but they will, uh, well, I've, you know, I, I, I'm not able to memorize that. And uh, invariably, at least so far, I've gotten away with saying, yeah, the problem with that is you sing along with 500 songs you have memorized. You have memorized every word of the top 10 pop songs constantly since you were a fourth grader. <laughs> and now you're going to tell me you can't memorize a 22-word Bible verse. Nah, no, not not, not not even a little bit do I buy that. Um, but the flesh pushes back against the word of God, and that's why it is it is perceived to be more difficult. But the word of God obliterates the hold the flesh has when the word of God is attended to, mm-hmm. focused upon, and well, which,
2: loved. which is why the word is so essential in sanctification. Yeah, it becomes our our main per- study.
0: Yeah, and what do we not want to do when we go through struggles? Is being not read word. our yeah being in the <laughs> word, and so. If that's how God's going to sanctify us, I think that's, if, if you're redirecting your focus and blaming it on your situation, you know, especially with the current generation that is coming up, this Gen X, isn't that? Or Gen Z, what is the it? Youngins,
2: is that how, the is youngins, is that what you call them? Yeah. The youngins. <laughs> you're such an old woman <laughs> yourself.
1: <laughs> yeah. um, now, Chloe has been older than her age for a long time in a good like way. She's like you in that regard. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but... I don't know. But yeah, they 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 tend to have a tenan- they tend to have a tendency. That's redundant. They have a tendency to blame their behavior on their situation. And we all do, mm-hmm. but there have been a
1: yeah, they were taught that. Though. They're the they're the first generation being raised by parents who believe that, mm-hmm. and so we're 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 seeing some of the fruit of that. And, and by the way, they know it's not true. It's just the cloud of smoke they've been taught to blow. Yeah, yeah, they know it's not true.
0: But that sanctification is really going to come when you are walking through the midst of your trial, but you're walking by the Spirit. Absolutely, like, it's not walking by the Spirit when things are easy to it's it's easy to walk by the spirit when everything's good and praise jesus and all that but are you praising jesus even though you lost your job and even though um someone that you are very close to died or even though you are sick with covid you know and like right you're still praising god in the midst of that and and being reminded by of his promises
1: yeah the, the 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 fruit of the spirit those classic that that list of nine characteristics that also lives in galatians chapter five uh most vividly show up in a context of difficulty and specifically difficulty in relationship i'm, I'm trying to live on this world with other messed up human beings as a messed up human being myself and it would be it would be supernatural and weird if my messed up relationship with other messed up people was marked by love joy peace patience kindness goodness gentleness faithfulness, and self-discipline because mm-hmm. that's not natural uh that's where they show up on the on the best day of my life ever, whatever day that was you know hanging out with Gail and having a picnic or something like that th- those those don't show up they're there but they' they don't show up because there's no contrast mm-hmm. Uh, in the trial and in the tough moment and in the thing that that's when that's when you can say, "Oh, God is working here," because I'm not freaking out and I'm not blowing my stack.
0: Yeah, exactly. But even when we do backslide and even when we do slip, God sustains us, and so He holds to us. He, he even if you mess up and you have a stunt of growth in your walk. It doesn't mean that you've lost your salvation oh
1: heavens no yeah, yeah. heavens no um, because your salvation is not dependent upon your ongoing work your salvation is dependent upon his completed work which he has completed mm-hmm. it's a done deal
2: check that off in the box because it's done
0: exactly but people do talk about um some passages in scripture that They try to rebut that and say, what about Hebrews 6, 4 through 6? I can read it. It says, for it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away to restore them again repentance. So it's saying that it's impossible to restore them again to repentance if they have fallen away. So people will say, well... I was a Christian, uh, but none of that worked for me. And so how do you guys respond to people who use Hebrews 6, 4 through 6, for example? There are a couple other passages that people yeah. say, but.
2: Well, I think, the, I think the descriptors that he's using there um, are indicative of something less than genuine salvation.
1: And yeah, none of those terms are used, as far as I'm aware, none of those terms are used anywhere in the New Testament to describe the yeah, new birth. Yeah, it's very unique. He's, he's, the author of Hebrews is actually working hard to come up with terminology that is not used elsewhere to describe salvation. Yeah. Um, it's almost, almost a little bit tortured use of language as he as he draws these these different, you know, tasted the heavenly gift is not a term the New Testament uses to describe the new birth.
2: yeah. And, and, and shared in the Holy Spirit is the only one that really gives me pause, but the other ones are clearly um, indicating, well, it, it, using the principle, let Scripture interpret Scripture, he's describing what Jesus taught in the parable of the sower with the second soil and the third soil, that something has happened. It looks like something has gone on in that person's life, but nothing lasted and there was no fruit produced ultimately in soil number two and soil number three. And that's one of those parables that we don't have to figure out what Jesus meant because Jesus, Jesus tells us. He, he explains yeah. what we mean in Matthew 13, yeah. what what he meant in Matthew 13. So it's someone who has made some sort of profession of Christ, but yet they're not genuinely saved. Uh, and that's because the new birth hasn't taken place. Um, and And so they are they are uh, having a glancing
1: experience. Yeah, they, they hung out with Christian-ish stuff for a while and even even kind of modeled it, modeled it for a while. Yeah. Kind of said, oh, okay, well, they okay, going to church is important. I'll go to church. Okay, singing the songs and standing up at the right places and sitting down at the right places and maybe even giving and maybe even... Uh, being part of a small group and maybe even praying, and 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 they saw Christianity as a as a, a set of of rote behaviors, a set of okay, I'll do this and 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 I'm surely I must be a Christian by now, and then it wears them out. Mm-hmm. And I don't have any problem understanding that at all. You know, um, they're pushing the car up the hill without ever turning the key on and putting any gas in the tank. And after a while, they go, my car's gone up the hill, but this is not working for me. Um, And so they get tired of it, and they walk away from it. And their attitude toward Christianity from that time on is their own personal attitude is that they are post-Christian, when in fact, they are not Christian at all. In fact, the Hebrews 6 passage interprets itself, if you keep reading to verse 9, because the author says in verse 9, after describing this, he says, I am, though we speak in this way, uh, yet in your case, beloved, we feel sure of better things, things that belong to salvation. Meaning the stuff I was talking about a few minutes ago doesn't belong to salvation, it belongs to something else.
2: So. Yeah, and in some senses, they are the, those professing, once professing believers are further inoculated against genuine yeah. salvation because they think they've tried it. And and but what they tried was not uh, true faith. It was not Christianity. And I think uh, MacArthur has the best <laughs> the best quote about this. There's Catholic. a surprise. Yeah, he said understanding the gospel is not the equivalent of regeneration. So somebody that somebody that 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 heard and understood here, but yet no had no life change, and and as a result got worn out and gave up um, they're— they're the same people that Jesus talks about in Soil Number Two and Soil Number Three. Mm-hmm. Something happened, but it wasn't salvation.
1: Yeah,
0: faith without works is dead. It, yes, is. it is. How should knowing that the gospel is the means by which God sanctifies and sustains us impact our personal time with the Lord?
2: Hmm. Well, I think Philippians one six um, is a helpful statement that He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Um, so my my time with Christ is me spending um, valuable relational time with somebody who has done everything necessary for me to be completed one day, and and he already knows the trajectory and the path of my own sanctification, and yet he is thrilled and pleased because of his own work and what he's done. Um, so it It is very much um, being with somebody <laughs> who completely loves you because they've done what's necessary to buy you back and adopt them into your family mm-hmm. um, I would say
1: yeah yeah it it's it's kind of uh, I, I, this is kind of an odd verb to use, but it's kind of basking in light of that um, you know there's a there's a tendency among my uh, my Gen, Gen Z friends, uh, to have been taught uh, how, how worthy they are and how acceptable they are. Uh, well, the gospel, the gospel does not say God looks at you and finds you worthy or that God <laughs> looks at you and finds you acceptable. In fact, quite the opposite. God looks at you and sees you as you are, utterly unworthy and utterly unacceptable and loves you anyway. Um,
2: Utterly incapable, too.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. You, I mean, you're, you're, you're dead. You're on the slab. Yeah, you'll,
2: you'll experience this one day, Lord willing. You, you and Cody are going to get married and maybe have kids one day. When you see that helpless child for the very first time that is solely dependent upon you, it'll just click, and you'll be like, Wow, that's how my heavenly father sees me I I, I can do nothing I contribute nothing to him yeah. <laughs> and bring nothing to him I'm completely helpless. Uh, before him,
1: and then and then a few years will go by, and little little Cody Jr. or little Chloe Jr. will will. Uh, we are
0: more creative than that.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, you will be. You will be. Uh, what what you do as a millennial is you you pick a weather condition oh and gosh. add an e to the end. That's how oh you name gosh, children like so like sky or or oh tide. Goodness. I don't want you to a tide. Okay. Focus. Okay. Uh, focus. Focus. <laughs> <Girl>, um, <laughs> One, one day, that child will bring you a piece of refrigerator art, and it won't be any good. It'll be it'll be crummy, lousy, awful art. The sun will be a quarter circle drawn in yellow up in the corner. The sky will be a bunch of blue scribbles at the top of the page. <laughs> the house will be a, a badly rendered square with a triangle for the roof, and uh, and the stick figures of Mommy and Daddy will be – in your case, it'll be funny because cause it'll be Mommy and Daddy instead <laughs> of the other way around – that was a height dig at, at Cody. He's but.
0: actually taller than me. Is he really? Yeah, he is. Okay,
1: okay. Cody and Cody, and mommy and daddy, and he has like and, two
0: inches on. Yeah.
1: Him. Okay. You don't believe me? Ah, no, I, I do. believe you. Um, I'll have a chance to check, uh, and I will. The um, <laughs> but that 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 child whom you love will bring you that piece of 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 bad art that on any informed judicial evaluative scale, it is no good. But because of who that child is to you, you will, you will take that art and you will put it on the fridge and, and, and brag about it and say, this is, this is the work of one that I love. When, when, uh, when we stand in judgment one day and because of Christ come through that judgment successfully, even even a doctrine of rewards, even a you know, here are the things that that have passed through the refiner's fire and come through as gold. Chloe, they're not really that good. They're refrigerator art. We just got a father that loves us a whole lot yeah. and is willing to to evaluate our refrigerator art works in light of that, unless we're not his. If we're not his, that evaluation is ruthlessly honest and thus leads to condemnation.
2: He Thank has you. he has secured our Justification in coming to Christ he has secured our sanctification and growing in Christ and he has ultimately secured our completion our glorification when we go to be with him one day yeah he's done it all
1: and it that that rightly understood and I couldn't agree more that rightly understood does not make us lazy and passive no not at all it 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 um S- there's an old hymn, lyric, Such love constrains me to answer his call, follow his leading, and give him my all. Mm. Um, that,
0: yeah, and a lot, I think a lot of people get discouraged um, in their time with the Lord because they don't see that instant gratification, that instant change yep. in in them. But it's just like food. Like, well, first of all, if Jesus is the bread of life, you know, but it's just like food. You eat every day, even if you don't have an appetite, which I can't really relate to because I always have an appetite, (laughs) but there are people who maybe can relate to that. You, if you don't have an appetite, you still need to eat, you know, to, to sustain, sustain you and to.
2: John Owen uses the um, metaphor of a tree, uh, to describe sanctification in that Day to day, you don't see a lot of perceptible change. Ah, uh, okay. But over time, it's like wow, mm-hmm. that has gone from a little sapling to a massive tree now, and thus it is with sanctification. It's it's baby steps, slow steps every day um, of faithfulness, and over time, what God does with that is miraculous and growing us in Him.
0: Yeah. And that's the goal to become more like Christ. So before we close the episode, I just wanted to offer some resources. If you are interested in reading more about sanctification, how does sanctification work by trip and lane, how people, Oh, I said that wrong by Pallison. how does sanctification work by Pallison. and then trip and lane wrote how people change. And then the pursuit of holiness by Jerry bridges, which you mentioned earlier yeah, it works. Thank you so much for joining me today. I always enjoy having you guys on the podcast, and I've actually, I haven't had you both on together.
1: So oh, yeah? We've not done that one?
0: I don't think so. Not with me, at least. Yeah, I think that, well, we were with Mark Bricker. I think the three of us, right?
1: On the one that we talked about, about the team approach to preaching. Was that this, or was that here at home?
2: Oh, no, that was here at home. Yeah, My bad. You're right, Chloe. Okay. I'm sorry. Yep. We haven't been together. It's good to be
1: together. Mr. Producer was <laughs> frantically waving at me, trying to keep me from digging us deeper into that error. Thank you. <laughs> Shout out.
0: <laughs> shout out. And shout out to our listeners. Thank you for spending your time with us. If you haven't yet connected with us online, please check out our Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Be sure to check out our other McGregor podcast channels. Just head over to talktruthpodcast.com for all the details. We would love to hear from you, so please write us a review however you are listening to this. Thank you for listening, and remember to talk truth.